welcome disc golfers to the Hitting the Line podcast. I am your host, Jad, and as per usual, I am joined by my brother, Nasser. Nas, how you doing, bro? I'm doing so well, Jed. Really excited to be talking about some disc golf match play and very excited to see a brand new course to me. Yes, it is a brand new course. Tell us where we're at and what's going on with this event. Well, of course, we've got the Disc Golf Pro Tour Match Play Championships taking place at the historic Steel Club in Hellertown, Pennsylvania this weekend, where we're going to be seeing the top 16 MPO players and top 8 FPO players in the tour standings playing for $10,000. And of course, this is the 11th installment of the Hitting the Line podcast. And we did brush over this tournament just a little bit last week where we went over our first round MPO picks. And for the rest of this podcast, we'll be discussing the entire bracket for both the MPO and the FPO. And of course, we will be discussing this bracket and how it might relate to your daily fantasy disc golf entries that you might be making on prize picks. Jad, can you tell us a little bit about prize picks? Of course, of course. Prize picks is a daily fantasy sports app. They specialize in props, and they are the first and only website slash app that is taking disc golf lines. You heard it. We are doing disc golf betting lines. And Nas, something interesting happened today. It did. It did. Um, it seems like the rest of the disc golf world is finally getting hip to prize picks, but if you've been listening to the show, you are in the know. Today, Prize Picks announced their partnership with the Disc Golf Pro Tour, uh, who is really behind on prize picks. You and I, we've got our fingers on the pulse of the disc golf world, and we've been on prize picks for many, many months since April 2021. Um, so when you sign up for prize picks, make sure you use the code HTL. Just like hitting the line when you sign up and they will match you up to $100 on your deposit. We are partners with the Prize Pick app. Yeah, guys, using that referral code uh, shows us a little bit of love, uh, puts a little bit of money in our pocket, and uh, we, we just appreciate it a lot, you know? So um, let's jump into it. <clears throat> yeah, so of course with match play, there are going to be three days of match play coverage. And so each day, like today, I think they're doing an exhibition day. There's going to be some skins. The vendors are out there in some con- in some contests. Tomorrow, we will have the men's Sweet 16. Saturday, we will have the men's and the women's Elite 8. And then Sunday, we will play the Final Four and, of course, the championship. That's right. That's right. So we are going to be pulling up those brackets right now. Let's take a look at our brackets for this week. Well, if you guys listened in last week, you kind of heard our first picks. But let's take a look. In our first round, you know, this is so this is so fun to me, Jed, because you know, for March Madness, you get to fill out a bracket and you get to see the one versus the sixteen, a possible upset. You get to see those really cool eight versus nines and seven versus tens and things of that sort. Um, so I'm gonna quickly go over what our matchups are for the first round. We've got oh, is this did this change? From last week? No, it, it must not be updated. We're looking at the disc DGPT. Um, Nas right now is looking at Paul McBeth. Oh, yeah. Rathbun. So it he's not, not even in there. So the thing we're looking at right now is incorrect. Our first matchup is Eagle McMahon versus the number 16 seed, Colton Montgomery. Uh, and I know we're going to have Calvin versus Chris Clemens. 
We are going to have Joel Freeman versus James Conrad. We are going to have Nico LaCastro versus Gavin Rathbun. We are going to have Chris Dickerson versus who is Chris Dickerson facing? I don't even know. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Klein. Klein. And then we are going to have Ezra s- versus Adam Hammes. And Ezra versus Adam Hammes. Yeah, the website is currently not updated with actually the correct bracket. We know Paul McBeth dropped out to play in the Foundation Battle of Bedford, I think, with Brody and mm-hmm. the Foundation Bros. Um, it's weird for me that, to me, it's strange that Paul would skip the match play tournament, which has a $10,000 prize pool. I mean, we know maybe ten k is not much to the $10 million man. Not Paul if McBeth. you've got a McLaren F1. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's... it's kind of strange to me i thought paul would be at this for sure maybe he doesn't want to get upset i don't know i think maybe he's afraid of ricky i'm gonna go out there and say it ricky's had his number bang, bang. the entire year ricky who has finished first in a couple tournaments and second at practically everything is really crushing it this year we don't want to put any dirt on paul's name but i'm uh pretty disappointed he's not here he's obviously one of the top players in the world if not the best and it's disappointing to me that he's not here. What What are your thoughts about Paul not being here? Do you think it takes away from the prestige of this tournament? No, no, not at all do I think that. And I'm, I'm sure he's got stuff going on that's probably been planned um, a year out. I'm sure he's probably making more money um, in the long run doing whatever he's doing right now uh, rather than being here. So uh, no Paul hate. We love Paul. Um, but, of course, we like Ricky a little bit more over here at hitting the line but let's jump into our um let's just give them a refresher of our picks from last week so last week um we do only because you you know you're talking about these march madness and the upsets we actually do only have two upsets coming out of the first round yeah and let's go over um who we got so eagle mcmahon versus it's not chris clemens that's what it's showing here in dgpt who is it here we go. Um, well, let's see. I'm sorry. The Chris. Yeah, Clemens you got it. Eagle up. versus Colton. Yeah, we Eagle versus Colton. Eagle. We took Eagle. I mean, I think that's obvious. They mentioned during the press conference today that in head-to-head matchups, Eagles beat Colton something like 70 times. And I think Colton like has only beat Eagle maybe twice or three times or something. So I think if you do anything but choose Eagle, uh, you're a crazy man or crazy woman, and you are going to uh, regret that decision. The other, the matchup to me that I think is most interesting is uh, Adam Hammes versus Ezra. <clears throat> I think there are a lot of interesting ones, but that's definitely um, that's the, the, the eight, first one. That's the yep. eight verse verse nine there. Ezra, who's kind of had a quiet season, somehow found himself in the number nine seed against Hammes, who has won two two big tournaments. Uh, he won at the Masters Cup in Santa Cruz, of course, and of and then also won Maple Hill. Two very very prestigious tournaments that to me tell you a lot about a player. If you can win at Santa Cruz and you can win at Maple Hill, you are a special player. So we had Adam Hammes and Ezra, and uh, we went with Hammes there. Yeah, let's talk about that one since yeah. we, we do agree that's more of an interesting one. Um, we are playing on a ball golf course. I don't see either player really having a distance advantage here. Um, you could maybe argue that Ezra could possibly, but I would say Ezra's definitely got more variance in his form and his game in general. And I think when you just line up, uh, the the putting for Hamas should really pull through for him in this matchup. And I think that's why we both agree on Hamas on this one. Yeah, especially when it comes to the circle two putting. Um, and even circle one, I really think Adam Hammes is going to have the advantage here. Over probably almost anybody in the world. Yeah, there's very few people I would pick to beat Adam Hammes in a one-on-one matchup. One of them being maybe Ricky or Paul. 
and maybe that's where that list stops, which is crazy to think about. So that is a very in, uh, interesting matchup, Adam versus Ezra. And then we've got another kind of interesting matchup, the four versus the 13. Kyle Klein, who's the four seed in this tournament against Chris Dickerson, the 13 seed in this tournament that we just saw. Didn't yeah. he win this past week? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. He crushed all weekend. Chris Dickerson, um, man. I got to say, Chris Dickerson, I kind of even said in the last pod, like, we shouldn't doubt Dickerson. We kind of did in our entries. And I even tagged the Twitter podcast of uh, saying Chris Dickerson sends his regards because he shot a course right. record, a 13, a 12, and a 9, I think is what he shot. So, so, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, while Chris Dickerson is somehow stumbles into a 13 seed, I would say this is much closer than a 13 versus 4. However, we did find ourselves picking Kyle Klein here. I think we just, uh, and of course we made these picks before um, we watched Con- or Dickerson shred. Um, so while Dickerson is coming off of uh, the hottest round, um, imagine the hottest tournament imaginable. Yeah, back to back ten nine. I think rounds. we did just just take the young gun here because uh, we're we're big fans of Kyle Klein and we know what he's capable of, and we're rolling with Klein on this one. I think it's. You know, the fact that we're playing on a ball golf course and that distance might play a bigger role than maybe it might otherwise. I think Kyle Klein is the safe pick here. Chris Dickerson, we know he's not going to miss his lines. He's not going to miss a ton of putts inside of circle one, but neither is Kyle Klein. Kyle Klein is going to bomb. He's going to bang putts. And we took uh, Kyle Klein in that matchup, the four versus the 13. Next one should be a gimme. Uh, we got Kevin Jones versus Garrett Gerthy. Um, no hate on Garrett Gerthy. Uh, we love OG. him. Um, I mean, despite the fact that he's got the uh, biggest arm on tour, essentially, um, I don't think it's going to come into play here much. Uh, Garrett's putting has been extremely shaky all year. Um, he just doesn't quite have it compared to a lot of the other guys, and especially not somebody like Kevin Jones. So I think this one was just a gimme and a lock. We we took Kevin Jones. We did take Kevin Jones, but let me go ahead and speak towards that, that there have been times this year where Kevin Jones has – disappointed me not only on my price pick and en- uh, entries but also in my heart I feel like he is the type of player who has the skills to finish top five every single weekend on tour and really he hasn't recently so this maybe, one may maybe be too much pre-round coffee jitters I don't know too much Mick cafes bro you need to get yourself some Dutch bros uh, <laughs> shout out Pacific Northwest <laughs> and shout out they opened uh, up in the stock market for the did first that happen? Did yeah, I, I bought a couple stocks in Dutch Why didn't Bros. you tell me? I, didn't I tell you to tell me when that happened? Maybe I, It was this week, so you could still get it at around, I think, less than $40 a share if you wanted to get yourself some Dutch Guys, Bros. Dutch Bros. coffee is going gonna, is gonna to take over take the Take over the world, the and States. I'm going to be a millionaire, so let's go. Uh, yeah, we did take Kevin Jones, although I think this is maybe closer than the 5 versus 12 matchup that it indicates just because Garrett's arm, you know he's not going to leave anything out on the course. He's not out there to, like save a stroke here or there. That's He's going to be bombing every hole, and you know he can reach Showmanship. them all. So, Garrett's always been a, a showmanship kind of guy, too. We've got Kevin Jones just because we think he's the better putter, circle one and circle two, but that's a matchup to watch there. Now that brings us to our next one. Yeah, I would call it another gimme. Um, yeah. It's Calvin Heimberg yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus, versus Chris Clemens. Uh, give us Calvin. I don't, I don't have much to say. What about you? Give me the boy Vinny. I can't think of one thing that Chris Clemens does better than Calvin. Even other Chris, than throw left-handed. Other than throw left-handed, we know Chris Clemens is known for his his forehand. He can put it out there four hundred plus feet, but but Calvin will throw that same angle with his backhand five hundred feet. To me, Calvin is a top five talent every single week. Chris Clemens haven't seen your name up there recently, pal. So 
Incoming, our most interesting matchup, in my opinion. Yeah, we had fun watching the uh, Disc Golf Network uh, press conference today and watching this matchup, which is the number six, Nicola Castro, and 11, Gavin Rathbun, who uh, you and I, I think, both believe that these two dudes are buds on tours. I think they're quesadilla bros, and if you know, you know what that means. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. These guys are quesadilla bros together, and... We took the upset here. We did take this one of our two upsets. We rolled with Gavin Rathbun on this one versus Nico. Why is that? that? Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say to me, I don't know. I feel like Gavin has Gavin has more to prove. In my opinion, he's been playing well recently. We've been disappointed with Nico. Um, you and I have been Nico fans since probably Huge twenty, probably since twenty ten. He's a year yo- uh, younger than me, so happy birthday to Nico Castro. Mine was two days ago. He turned thirty three. I turned thirty four. So this is a guy I've looked up to and looked at since the inception of my disc and, golf career. And you know what? And and don't get me started on the Nico Castro taking too long bullshit. Yeah, the, the guy's a world class pro for a reason. If he's got to do something to make himself make a putt, then let him do it. And I'll never forget when Disc Golf returned in 2020 at the Preserve. You and I were sitting in my house, and we were watching the Preserve, and Nico was taking a minute and a half to putt. And it was some of the most suspenseful, fun, exciting Disc Golf we've ever watched. I was hanging on every putt with Nico. My anxiety's going through the roof. And, he, yeah, I, I just think Nico is fun to watch. And if I know a lot of people don't like him because of his attitude. Uh, I think it's exciting. I think it's intriguing. Uh, however, I think we're both thinking that maybe Gavin might have the advantage there mentally. But but obviously, no surprise if Nico takes it home. Seasoned veteran can hang with the best of them any given weekend. Yeah, we wouldn't be surprised if we had a Vinny Oh, yeah, and by Nico the way, he's matchup. got a W on tour this year. He does. He won Waco, so that's a very Shout out. Im- very impressive win where he beat Gavin, actually, who that's was right. on lead card. So, so this will be a fun matchup for sure. Next one, the number two seed versus the number... 15 Emerson Keith, which is versus Ricky Waisaki, two guys we've picked a lot this year on our prize pick entries. Um, if you watched the press conference earlier, you heard Ricky kind of clowning a little bit on Emerson about he said he had beat him like 75 times or something, but in actuality, it was like 64 times. I think Emerson's only beat Ricky head to head, it was 10 times, I believe, a couple yeah. of times. Uh, so I think here you are mistaken if you take Emerson but also Emerson is a good enough player where you wouldn't be surprised if he banged some huge putts to win yeah and I realistically think Ricky and Emerson have pretty much the same skill set I just think Ricky does it better they both have yeah. um 100% agree really great utility forehands uh they both have bomber backhands and they both have uh good c2 putting and they're both um, really good at scrambling too yep yep uh, but just give us Ricky all day. Huge, huge Ricky fans. I think he's the best player in the world. On to the next one. And the most boring press conference of all that we watched was James Conrad versus Joel They Freeman. looked like they wanted to tickle each other the whole time. They're just two nice guys, really. And I think that there's uh, something to be said about their playful attitude together. We got the 7 versus 10, James Conrad versus Joel Freeman. This, this was, was our second upset. Our second upset, which do we have uh, feelings after watching that of maybe Conrad uh, maybe we made a mistake. Yeah. I mean, so we we rolled with Joel Freeman on this one over Conrad specifically just because Freeman's playing really hot. Conrad hasn't been the same since Worlds. But by the way, a lot of the recency bias that we were looking through, it was a lot of wooded courses that Joel Freeman has been tearing up. I'm not going to pretend that James Conrad can't hang. We're on a golf course. Um, he's got a bomber backhand. His C2 putting's unreal. 
Um, James Conrad could easily take this one. No, no doubt in anybody's mind, but we rolled with Joel Freeman. Um, I don't really care who wins this one, to be honest. Yeah, this will be a fun matchup to watch for sure. So for those of you keeping track at home, that would give us <clears throat> a round two matchup of Eagle versus Adam Hammes, which I would be very excited to see. Kyle Klein versus Kevin Jones, which is intriguing. Um, our man Vinny versus Gavin. And then Ricky Wysocki versus Joel Freeman. Yep. So that was our review of uh, last week of our winners. Um, for round one, and me and Nas have not discussed round two at all together, so we're going to do it on the fly. Let's go off right the top here. here. Yeah. So start us off. <sighs> oh, man. All right, so the first matchup then would be Adam e- Hammes versus Eagle. Versus uh, let's Eagle. talk about it. Um, so when Eagle messes up, it seems to be he messes up kind of big. Um, potentially. <clears throat> potentially. However, we are in a ball golf course, and I think this might be the most – Equal, <clears throat> excuse me, the most, this might be a very tight matchup. This could come down to the final hole. Oh, man. I know. I'm well, waiting to see I, what you I, say. I think what we're trying to debate in our head here is where is one person going to steal a hole that the other one isn't? And in reality, that's not even predictable. Yeah, it's impossible to predict. E- Eagle versus Hamas is going to be probably the most fun one. Uh, matchup to watch. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, Klein and Jones, will probably be the same, um, in my opinion. I think, you know, I mean, look, we're we're over here. We're sponsored by Prize Picks. Uh, we like to give sound advice. And I think at the end of the day, we'd be foolish to pick anybody other than Eagle McMahon in this one. Jed, I 100% agree with you. All the stats. But, like, I would never be surprised if Hamas wins this. I yeah. just would never be surprised. Yeah, you could not be. But I think, yeah, we'd be maybe foolish looking at all the stats and numbers to pick. So so we agree we're rolling with Eagle in round two here. Yeah, we're going to roll with Eagle in round two. All right, one that's less obvious about picking, you know, because we said uh, at the end of the day, you just pick Eagle. But Kyle Klein versus Kevin Jones, I don't think there is a end of the day you have to pick someone. No, But this I'm going to force nice it on you. Kyle Klein or Kevin Jones? And by the way, these are my two favorite players on tour right now. If you are, if, are. You are, if you are a listener of this pod, you know, anytime I get the chance to talk about Kyle Klein and Kevin Jones, I'm going to. Uh, but I want to hear your opinion first. Well, I know your girlfriend would say that you're probably going to choose Kevin Jones and that you have a crush on him. Kyle Klein is a young dude who can play. He's won more. I think he's probably finished better this year. He's, I mean, he's the number four seed. Uh, I would imagine he's out. We don't have any stats from him. Kevin I would imagine Jones he's outperformed Kevin Jones. He's the number year. five seed, so he did outperform him. Oh, Jed, this is really tough for me. Um mm. I'm going to go ahead and roll with Kyle Klein. Okay, that's your boy. Specifically, just based on what we've seen this year. Um, Like I said, I don't have any stats in front of me, but I would be absolutely shocked if Kevin Jones has outplayed Kyle Klein Klein this year. Kyle's got some big wins. I I consider him and Hammes the same style of golfer, which is uh, second level uh, to only Eagle McMahon, in my opinion, uh, as far as like tiers go and skill and uh, I'm gonna take Kyle do think, Klein. Do you think Ricky's not on the same tier as Eagle? Oh yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Oh, he um, is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and I would put Kyle Klein, Adam Hammes just below those two. I agree. Guys. I agree. Okay, so you know what? I'm not against choosing Klein since we're on a podcast together. And we need to have the same pick. I could go with either Kevin Jones or Kyle Klein. Let's go with the young gun. Let's go with Kyle Klein. That will give us a very fun 
Eagle versus Kyle Klein matchup. It's like an Eagle versus Eagle Junior. I I, th- I think my well not Eagle Junior maybe maybe Simon Lazat Junior. Have you seen that meme this week? So as we all I have not as we all know, um, shout out Simon Lazat. He posted his uh, his reveal. Him and his wife are going to be. Are they are they married? Yeah. Uh, him and his wife are going Wait, to be. I don't know that. Okay, for sure. R- regardless, a baby. So yeah. congratulations. And so, so there is the meme that's going around right now. I'm on some of the disc mania pages, uh, selling some discs, whatever. And the meme going on right now is, uh, this is Simon Lazat's baby. Feel old yet? And it's just a picture of Kyle <laughs> Klein. And he, looks, and he looks just like Simon. Because Kyle he Klein does. actually looks just like Simon when, Lazat. And especially when Simon was young. Yeah. Like 18-year-old like, Simon. They're like, this, this, this is Simon's baby. Feel old yet? And oh, my God. Kyle that's Klein. funny. So, yeah, I definitely don't feel bad about choosing Kyle Klein over Kevin Jones just because Kevin Jones is not having the year that we wanted, hoped, and expected. Yeah, I mean, three top 20 finishes the past Where's few the weeks. Where's the W? I'm just wondering. Went to us. It. We feel like he's a top five player in terms Portland of Portland was essentially a W. One hole is really sad. But. but recently he has not been there. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's having too many quesadillas when he's on tour. There was a picture floating around where there's a questionable object in his hand. I don't know. Maybe the guy's just having fun, but let's go Kyle Klein. The kid seems focused and on it. Next one we'll call it a gimme as far as me and you picking. Yeah, we're both choosing the same guy. We're going to take uh, Calvin Heimberg over Gavin Rathbun. It's just a skill set thing. Yeah, there's just – Calvin is just a cold-blooded killer. Innate Uh, ability. Calvin, we all know at the end of the day, 1090 is always in his range. 1090 is always in his range. We haven't seen that from Gavin. And I don't, I just don't see Calvin losing in a one-on-one matchup where he's allowed to talk a little trash. You guys have all seen Calvin in skins. The kid is cold. just, he's a killer. He's cold. He's cold, man. Uh, <laughs> he told, he was talking trash to Nico in the latest skins. Oh, that was so good. It was wow. so funny. And Nico and says, Nico's reply. yeah. And like Nico goes, who is this kid? He hasn't, he goes last, last year. He didn't even speak to another human being. And Calvin goes, well, they say COVID changes people. And it was just hilarious. I'm going to go with Vinny. In that matchup, which is going to give us a, a fun final one to look at here. We got Ricky Wysocki versus Joel Freeman. Which Another I think gimme is, on this side of the bracket. I think it's a gimme, but I think it's going to be closer maybe than people think. I think we both think Ricky's going to come out on top, but uh, Freeman's got game. And maybe not on a golf course. He's been playing really well on the wooded courses. So we both take Ricky Wysocki. So that for our next round gives us the matchup of Kyle Klein versus Eagle. This is our final four, folks. Calvin versus Ricky. So let's go back to the top. Kyle Klein versus Eagle. And so, you know, I, I made a bracket. There's a website to fill it out. Is it DGPT? There is currently a website to fill out to win something. I don't <laughs> I did one on I another was doing this site at work. where they're giving away a bag if you fill out a bracket. Yeah, that's what it, that's, maybe that's what I did. I don't remember. Yeah, I filled same. out a bracket somewhere. And I'll go ahead and tell you, Nas, I submitted mine with Kyle Klein edging out Eagle McMahon here, wow, and I'll tell you why. Wow. Eagle is a lot more in his head than Kyle Klein is. I think Eagle has a lot more to lose, a lot more at stake in an Eagle McMahon versus Kyle Klein matchup. Kyle Klein has nothing to lose in that matchup. Nobody nobody expects him to beat Eagle. It's almost like a for fun matchup. And at the end of the day, it's the same skill set. And here's something I want to harp on, and I will harp on this when we we make picks, etc., this is only a 12-hole course, by the way, that we're playing, guys. This is not 18 holes. So what does that mean? We're taking away 33% of the holes. This is going to increase variance. You know, because if there was 1,000 holes to be played, at the end of the day, the guy who's the best Eagle is, is going to win. Yeah. When there's only 12 holes to play, 
anything can happen. I just think running down narrative street here, I'm taking Kyle Klein versus Eagle McMahon specifically because I think they have the same skill set. Anything can happen, and I think Eagle has more to lose. Interesting. I mean, so for anyone out there who maybe plays poker, uh, you know about variance. You know when you've got those pocket aces, you're you're expected to win a huge majority of the time. And it's only about 70% of the time, actually. That's still like a huge, almost any given hand. That's still a huge percentage, right? But on any one given hand, those aces can get cracked. And that's what this kind of feels like where Eagle feels like pocket aces here, but maybe a flush comes out on our board here and <laughs> Kyle Klein wins it. So you've got Kyle... Maybe this is where we separate. Maybe we don't have one solid. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I would agree. Eagle McMahon versus Ricky just makes the most sense in the end. But you're going with Kyle. I'm Klein. just saying, I submitted a bracket this week with Kyle Klein. Are you? Are we going to ride with it on the podcast or no? If you if you want to say no, then that's totally fair because Eagle's supposed to win this. Week. I we're going to choose Eagle. against Eagle. It's All a right. wide open ball golf course. I think with Eagle, if he has time to practice this course. You're going to see probably a nasty roller. You're going to see a 500-foot forehand. Kyle maybe has got four. I don't know. I can't choose someone else except Eagle. We'll, we'll roll with Eagle. Until the final round, probably. So We'll roll with Eagle. Are you sure? Okay. All I right. picked Kyle Klein, but All as right, a podcast individual. team, we will roll with Eagle. Okay. So that brings us to Ricky Wysocki versus Calvin Heinberg. I'm curious to see what their head-to-head is. I'm sure it would be close, but I don't think anybody's playing more consistent at the top level right now than Ricky Wysocki. Yeah. I mean, we could go on all day about how great Calvin Heinberg is and how amazing Ricky Wysocki is, uh, but I think this one is similar to Klein and Eagle, where I think as a team we're just going to roll with the best seed and the guy who we think is the best, and that's probably Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Wysocki, and that's going to give us a final matchup that could be a dream matchup. If this happens... You're going to have the whole disc golf world watching if we get an Eagle McMahon versus Ricky heads up. So who, so who do you got taking it? I picked Ricky Wysocki to win the whole thing. Of course, mine was against Kyle Klein, though. I think I chose Ricky in mine as well. He's been Mr. Consistent this year. The only year that even rivals this is the Macbeth year where he only had, I think, top one, two, and three finishes in every single tournament. Ricky's been finishing second at a lot of tournaments, and the ones that he doesn't win, he's finishing only second or third, which is why you see I'll him as this. one of our best seeds. There is nobody in this match play tournament that is as seasoned as Ricky, who has been playing as long as Ricky, who has been playing at the top level as long as Ricky, who just demands the respect to be predicted as the champion than Ricky Wysocki, and that's why I'm rolling with Ricky on this one. Yeah, I think we're both rolling with Ricky on this one. He's someone, too, in match play, since you don't have to worry about strokes, he might do some something a little crazy. He might go for a shot he might not go for in stroke play. He's liable to bang an 80-foot. He's liable to put in a forehand from 150 feet, feet away. Uh, so I think we're both going with Ricky as our $10,000 so there it is. So there it is. And we're not going to forget about the FPO, but as far as the MPO goes, we do uh, have the two best seeds squaring off in the end, and we are taking Ricky Wysocki to upset. And I don't Eagle think that's McMahon. just us taking the chalk. That's not like when you do a March Madness bracket and you take Kansas or you take Kentucky or whatever. Uh, I think, you know, in this game, we know that these are two of the top three players in the entire world. We expect to see them there at the end. So... Let's move on to our FPO bracket, which is and, only eight players. Yeah, and we have we did not discuss FPO last week. Yeah. Let's take a look. So we'll quickly go over our first round matches, and then we'll kind of pick. 
the one versus the eight is Paige Pierce versus surprisingly Deanne Carey here. I'm surprised she made it on there. Next. I feel like, I, yeah, let's move on next. Thank we're taking, you. We're, we're taking Paige there. No disrespect to Deanne, but uh, Paige Pierce is the FPO GOAT. So, Deanne, I'm sorry. We're taking Pierce. Next, a much more interesting matchup. We've got Mrs. Consistency herself, or as she called herself in the press conference today, the, the queen of clean, Sarah Hokum versus Jessica Weiss. And then we've got uh, Missy Gannon versus Kona. What a which, fun matchup that's Which is a be. fun matchup to think about. And then oh, speaking of fun matchups. Katrina Allen versus Haley King. So, Paige, you're moving on. Sarah Hokum versus Jessica Weiss. I'm just taking Sarah Hokum all day. Nobody's been playing more consistent um, in FPO, and that includes Paige Pierce, and that includes Katrina Allen. Um, while Katrina and Paige are going to come away with a million more uh, wins right now, it seems like Sarah Hokum's always top three, whereas sometimes I see Paige and Katrina slip a little bit due to their high-variance play. Yeah, you know, like she said, she called herself the queen of clean. She's going up. She's swooping up pars and taking birdies when they come. Jessica Weiss. I don't much this, more viable to take a bogey. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I bet she's got a higher bogey rate than Sarah Hokum. And on these ball golf courses where you have to uh, shape some lines, probably stay and bounce a lot. I feel like Sarah Hokum is the better pick here. So that's going to leave us with a um, Paige Pierce for Sarah Hokum matchup in the next round. Now, things get a little bit more interesting in the bottom part of this bracket when we're looking at Missy Gannon versus Kona Panis, who if you didn't check in on the press conference today, we're razzing each other a little bit. Uh, Missy had a shirt that said, I'm going to beat her or something like that with the arrow pointing to the right and, uh, kind of, you know, they, they were asking the players, these kind of prodding questions of who's going to win, who's better, blah, blah, blah. And Kona was like, well, I don't know if Missy can keep up with my driving so on and so forth. And then Missy came back with the burn on Kona was like, well, if you airball your putts and you could tell that, you know, Kona wanted to take it in stride, but you could tell it hurt. <laughs> So so let's talk about because that is the exact two things we're going to talk about when we talk about this matchup. We're playing on a wide open ball golf course. We know Kona is a top three to five arm in the world for women. Um, Missy definitely can't keep up as far as distance goes, but no women in pretty much none of the women in the world can keep up with Missy's putting. She's so consistent. So that is what we're going to talk about. So Nas, Missy Gannon versus Kona Panis. If you have been a long time listener to this podcast, you know. We have mad Kona love. Uh, we've always been a huge fan of her form. It's so pure forehand, backhand. Uh, so we always the potential root for is Kona. there. However, However, I think Jed, for me, Missy Gannon, I think is going to stay in bounds. I think she's going to make most of her circle one putts, and we haven't seen enough from Kona this year in her new putting style to really, I think, rely on her to outdrive and then also putt better than Missy Gannon. I think I have to take Missy Gannon here even though I think Kona can throw farther and in theory should do better on a ball golf course. I'm going Missy Gannon. How about you? Uh, I'd say, unfortunately, I agree. Um, I think if I was, let's say doing a bracket with a thousand other people and you need to separate yourself um, to, you know, it's like a winner take all type of thing. Um, and you need to make your bracket a little bit different because if everybody's picking the same players, you're going to have a 30 way tie at the top. I think you would pick Kona here if you wanted to separate yourself but I think as a team, yeah, we're going to have to go with Missy Gannon on this one. And then a very intriguing matchup. The intriguing matchup. Someone who really shined last week shooting almost, I think, a 10. Top three rated women's round of all time. But one of the other people who have one of those top three rounds is Katrina Allen. And Katrina Allen, we know, is She was someone, coming off a 10.50-something herself or 10.40-something herself she, uh, she, like a couple weeks ago. She played great, too. And Katrina Allen is someone who any 
FPO round, can go out and shoot the hot round, can shoot hot. And Haley is someone who we know has the potential, the form, the distance to shoot great every week, but she is not nearly as consistent as Katrina. Katrina is always on that lead card, it feels like. Haley King, you feel like she should be on the lead card every time, but that isn't always the case. So I think this is the most difficult matchup. I'm going to put the pressure on you, Jed. Who are you taking, Katrina Allen or Haley King in the number two versus number seven matchup? While I would say that, you know, we're on a ball golf course, Haley's got the distance advantage, um, and I know that she can keep up and putting, you would think we're going to go Haley. However, I think this is another case of uh, you probably just want to go with the chalk on this one. I think you want to take uh, Katrina Allen. I, I don't know if the extra 40 feet in the distance is going to uh, be a big deal. I think Katrina Allen can make it up elsewhere in her game, like you said, with her consistency. Um, we're waiting to see the the Haley King shine. Um, in my opinion, I've repeated it. I think she's you know she's got the Anthony Barella talent um, with the Eagle McMahon 17-year-old head game. Um, yeah. I, I just want to see it out of her first before I take her versus our world champion. Yeah, I mean, we saw Haley put together a great tournament last week and win. In particular, there was this 450-foot downhill bomb that she just absolutely parked with her Zeus. However, there's a reason Katrina Allen's the number two seed and Haley is the seven seed, is that Katrina Allen is just much more consistent, even with some of her putting woes that she can be known for. Katrina Allen this year, I think, has had less of an issue, uh, less of an, uh, an issue with that. She is our world champ. Let's roll with Katrina Allen in round one against Haley King. So bring it back to the top. We have four ladies left. So that's going to be Sarah Hokum versus Paige Pierce. End of the day, I think you just take Paige Pierce on this one. I don't think there's a lot to say about it besides uh, that Paige is going to outdrive her by 100 feet every single hole. Paige uh, has some of the best putting in the world. She's our best FPO player in the world. I yeah, think you I just think, take Paige. I think, uh, you know, Sarah Hokum, the, the queen of clean, being clean is not going to be enough against Paige Pierce. She's going to need to score. And I just don't think she can score high enough to keep up with Paige. I think Paige is going to play smart. I think she's going to keep it in bounds. And she's going to rely on her distance and her putting. Sarah Hokum, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going with Paige Pierce here to make it to the finals, probably. But we'll see. Uh, next round, that's going to give us, we said, Missy versus Katrina, which is a pretty classic every weekend matchup that we kind of see. Who do you have, uh, Katrina Allen versus Missy Gannon, Jed? Well, when you ask yourself, you know, and it's match play, they're facing one-on-one, -on -one, they're on a golf course, um, what does Missy do better than Katrina? Maybe? Maybe putting? C1X? Yeah, maybe. That might be it. And that might be it. And I guess so it's going to kind of depend on what kind of day or weekend Katrina Allen has. Is she going to, you know, doink a 15-footer, or is she going to be the Katrina Allen that we see bang 40-footers uh, from behind a tree? We've seen both of those versions of Katrina this year, but I feel like... In a heads-up matchup, uh, you know, Kat kind of just plays her game. She doesn't worry too much about what other folks are doing. And I think she's going to have the slight advantage here over Missy. I think you just said something that's so true and is exactly my thought process. Is Katrina never cares what anybody else thinks about her game. Yeah. She's always in her world playing her game. And that's what I love about her. If somebody like Haley King had her type of mindset, it would be so good. It'd be dangerous. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Kat. Which gives us classic. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, who would have thunk it? Cat 
versus Page in the finals on Sunday, September 19th. Well, in Worlds, we saw Katrina Allen win. We saw Paige have a little bit of a mental lapse. Paige could have won. And instead of doing the James Conrad and putting the putter in and winning, she threw OB, missed a putt, and Katrina Allen was our world champ. On this ball golf course, Jed, what do you think is going to happen? Is Paige going to take home the 10K, or is Kat going to bring that money home? I don't necessarily see a reason to not choose Paige in this one. Um, we can ride any narrative we want. Like you said, like you, you just named the biggest one. But I, I can't come up with a real reason why I would, in a bracket that I'm submitting, that I'm realistically trying to win, where I would, like I said, unless you're looking to separate yourself from people, I think you just take Paige in this one. What about you? Yeah, I have to agree. Unless Paige has some out-of-bounds problems, which she has been known to throw some errant shots recently, uh, I think you got to go Paige here. Although I think neither of us would be surprised if Cat won and maybe Paige had some. I would be surprised if Haley King won this whole thing. Totally. You're right. I mean, that's kind of how it is at the top. Those are the what we feel are the three most talented players. But I think we're going to go our winners, Ricky Wysocki from the MPO division and Paige Pierce in the FPO division this weekend during match play. And on top of all that, so what does any of this mean? about our prize picks selections this week. Yeah, let's take a look at our prize picks app real quick. Take a look at our lines. Let's head to the board. So, so this week on the board, we have two options of play. Normally, it we're just betting the over or the under on the strokes. However, um, I wasn't even sure if prize picks was going to have lines this week. I wasn't sure either. That's why I, I was like, are we recording or what? I, I'm guessing because they partnered with DGPT this week, this is why why we had this. We actually have two diff- different kinds of options uh, this week since we're not doing strokes. We have matchups one and holes one. Nas, tell them why we're straying away from holes one. I think we're staying away from holes one because in match play, you can you can tie a hole, right? You can exactly you can tie holes. Um, there's so much more variance where if somebody has a hole locked up and another person has to really gun at it, there's just so much more. Like we don't know how these, this is going to go. Holes one, we don't even know what these holes look like. We've been looking for caddy books, which we normally see. Uh, we can't find one of those. All we know is it's on a ball golf course. We have no history about this course. Um, it's only 12 holes. Uh, we just have zero information and we really feel like we'd just be burning money if we played holes. One. Yeah. I think the only one you might think about is Eagle. They have them at a six holes one. I mean, I think he's going to crush Colton to be quite honest. I mean, this could be over in seven holes maybe, but at the same time, some of these could just be gimme holes and then we're, we're drawing and now that's eliminating the amount of holes that Eagle can pull ahead on. And it's not like a skins where if you tie four holes and then Eagle wins the fifth hole, you you get all five. That's not how this works. He'd only get that one. So this is a that's kind of a tough one to do the holes one. We feel like this is a this is a trick. This is a trap. Price picks wants you to I do I think these. you're lighting your money on fire if you play holes one, guys. Yeah, so we're avoiding playing any holes one entries, but you can choose matchups one. And so let's take a look and at And we the just gave you one. all of our matchups and who we think is going to win. So let's talk about it. All right. Well, let's take a look. We think we're going to have a Ricky Wysocki Eagle final and a Katrina Allen Page Pierce final and according to the price picks here are the six people they think are the best. They've got Eagle, two and a half matchups, one. Chris Dickerson, 
one and a half matchups won. Calvin, two matchups won. Ricky Wysocki, two and a half matchups won. Uh, Paige Pierce, two and a half matchups won. And then Katrina Allen, one matchup won. And so if you're new to prize picks, um, you do need to take one over and one under. We do have you know what we'd call some locks for either of those sides. Um, we have somebody we're straying away from in general. Um, and so let's talk about it. Well, I think the first glaring thing you notice is, you know, we picked Katrina Allen to go to the finals and she's only got one matchup one as her line. So I think Katrina Allen for me personally is a lock at the over. I think she's going to win, uh, against uh, Haley King and then against either Missy or Kona. So I think she's going to win at least two to me. Katrina Allen is our lock of the week or my lock of the week as an over, we did say we wouldn't be surprised if Haley won, but all she I, has to do is get past Haley. We're not we're not seeing her necessarily lose to Missy or Kona, right? But then things get a little bit more difficult when we're looking at our MPO side. We've got Eagle and Ricky, and remember, you do need three wins to win the whole thing. So two and a half. If you take the over on two and a half, that means you're pretty much picking that person. You need to three win. wins to make it to the finals. One, two, yeah, oh yeah, you need three wins to make it to the finals. So. And We've got, well, let's, let's, well, so we did our overlock of the week. Let's talk about our underlock of the week. And for me, that's Chris Dickerson. Um, we don't even have Chris Dickerson getting out of the first round. Um, let's say he does get out of the first round. Um, that's why you pull up the bracket again. Uh, so we can see who he would have to face in the second round. Cause they have Chris Dickerson at one and a half, uh, matchups one. Um, not only do we not have him winning one, I don't necessarily see him winning two, Nas is pulling that up right now for us. Give us just a moment. Sorry about that, folks. I'm trying to figure out where I had this thing. Um, okay. We had Dickerson, of course, is going Losing to Kyle Klein. So even if Klein. he does get past Kyle Klein, they have him an over would mean two. That means he'd also have to get past what we have is Kevin Jones. Um, of course he could. Of course he could. Um, but I think it's much more safe to assume that he can't beat Kyle Klein and Kevin Jones uh, than it is for him to win both those matchups. So to me, Chris Dickerson is our lock under for the week and Katrina's our lock over for the week. I just don't feel like we feel good choosing Eagle or Ricky on an under of wins. Uh, and then Calvin, we feel like is going to kind of probably go pretty far Cal too. So. Cal well, Calvin actually was my lock um, to avoid in general. Okay. Um, that makes sense to me. They have him at, a, he's the only player on this whole board besides Katrina at one who has an even number. He's at two matchups. One, not two and a half, not one and a half. It's at two. Uh, so if you pick the under, you're having him only uh, win one. You're having we, him we, win the first round. and bracket then, again. Yeah, you're having him win the first first round uh, and then losing. So that means you would have him going up against Chris Clemens and winning and then and losing. Then, and, then, and then we have him beating Gavin Rathbun, um, but that's still only two. You need him to win three if you yeah, choose the over. if you choose the over. the over, he has to win three. That means you have to beat either uh, Ricky Wysocki or Joel Freeman. Calvin Heimberg is certainly um, not losing out of the first two rounds, which we agree on. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're choosing Calvin on the over, that means you have to choose Ricky on the under. And yeah. I think we're just yeah, yeah, much yeah. more sure about Ricky uh, than we are about Calvin, uh, which means we are also taking Ricky on the over. At least I am. Um, I'm straying away from Calvin. I'm taking Ricky on the over. We have our two locks, which leaves us just with Paige Pierce and Eagle McMahon left. Yeah, I think Paige Pierce is probably the other kind of, quote, lock or maybe whatever a step right, be right below a lock is. Yep. We have Paige yep. Pierce winning the whole thing. We have her in that same, the same tier as Ricky, essentially. Yeah, so she's the same tier player as Ricky. 
You could choose Paige on the over. Um, if what we predict, a Cat versus Paige matchup at the end, you could choose them both on the over and, yeah, be, o- and be okay there. So that's something to think about. And then Eagle. If you're going to choose Eagle or Ricky to get to the finals, you're choosing that over. So there it is. Wisely. There it is. Um, I think it's chalk. Uh, chalk meaning that it, it makes the most sense um, to take Eagle on the over. I think you can stray away only specifically because I think there's a chance Kyle Klein could beat him. Uh, but if you're asking us, we're going to take Eagle on the over. We're going to take Chris Dakerson on the under. We're going to stray away from Calvin Heinberg. We're going to take the overs on Ricky, Katrina, and Paige. And now the other question is, do we want to make this a flex play where maybe we can miss one of these and still cash out? Or do we want to do the power play where we're feeling really confident that all four of these are going to hit? Yeah. The, the, four, the four correct on the power play pays 10x. And the four correct on a flex play only plays five X, but if you get three correct, it pays one and a half times. So, and and I think that's great to talk about. And we, I think the answer is, you want to do a, and it was something we say every week is you want to play a lot of different kinds. You really want to mix it up. I mean, I only have thirty three dollars in play this week, but I see I have one, two, three, four, five. Six. Yeah, I, have six busy today. I have six. I have six entries in here, and I'm just mixing it up between power plays, uh, flex plays, different combinations of people that can win it for me. Like essentially, I feel like I can't lose money this week unless I, unless Katrina Allen doesn't hit her over. Um, I have her in virtually every single one of my lineups, and that's what you should be doing. You should be mixing and matching, finding people you're the most confident about, mixing it up with people that you're a little bit less confident about, and uh, really experimenting with the flex plays, power plays, and the different kinds of players you have. And just for you guys listening at home, we've done pretty well on this pod this year so far. Jed, do you want to read your? Uh... Well, well, it's let me let me. Uh, I I don't want to put you out there like. Well, that, let but... me. What's the word I'm looking for? Preface. Uh, Nas was just looking at my entries one and the amount one. Uh, let me preface that by saying that the amount one is not necessarily that does, does not calculate the amount you you've lost. Uh, but I've only entered 28 contests and have won multiple thousands yeah um but that does not include the amount lost um uh but yeah i mean there's money to be won um me and nas have been on this for the past uh 10 to 13 weeks yeah six months or so. um we like to feel like we, we've got a gauge or a grasp um at the end of the day you know we like to play a little bit harder on the tournaments with um with rapport and history and where we can think we can outsmart some of the sharps and we like to uh, lay a little bit low on some of the newer courses. And I'd say that's why I only have $33 in this week because at the end of the day, it's a new course. I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, and it's interesting too. You're not going to have a round two to bet. So if you're going to make your entries, you need to make them all right now uh, as you're listening to this, because the overs and the unders are for the entire tournament. So you've got one shot to make entries. If you're going to do it, you can't wait till round two to make your entries. And, you've got to do it now. And I think the reason why we're on our little uh, soapbox here is because we, because that partnership was announced today, we feel like there could be a lot of new listeners out there. Um, some general rules we like to follow um, when we are making our entries is, uh, you know, round one is generally one when you want to go the hardest uh, because, um, you know, as the rounds go on, um, we like to think, oh, we got to see it, but yeah, now the sharps get to make their lines a lot tighter as well. They can adjust. Yeah. Um, so you really want to uh, put more of your money in play on rounds one rather than two and three and four. And something else to note that we've noticed literally the whole season is scores in round one are typically less hot 
uh, than the following rounds. I'm not sure if that's because players are not as confident or if it's maybe because they're not trying to risk it all in round one. Yeah, no one wants to go for it in round one and shoot themselves out. However, after round one, you maybe know what you're capable of. You maybe know what holes to go for and which ones to stay away from. Uh, round two is typically where we see our hottest scores, rounds two, three, never round one. So I think that's a rule we've kind of been playing by. So if you've appreciated some of the stuff we've had to say, remember, use our referral code HTL rather than DGPT. Yeah, man. I feel like now that DGPT has part has partnered with prize picks, a lot more people are going to be playing. Um, we appreciate all of you guys out there listening who have been following for a while. I especially want to shout out a couple guys from the Disc Golf Pod Slack group. Uh, especially Bryce C. Uh, I want to shout out Zach P. You guys have both been listeners for a while and people who consistently tune in. Also, shout out Josh W. from Twitter. Uh, I sent you your pipeline earlier nice. this, I was gonna ask if you sent that this, this week. It is out heading towards him. So we want to thank all of our listeners this week, people who uh, kind of keep us doing this every week. Shout out to all you listeners. We appreciate you guys. And if you have any need, desire, or want to interact with us, on our social medias. Uh, Jad, can you let them know how they can reach us? Of course, you can reach our pod Twitter at underscore hitting the line, or you can find me on Twitter as well at Jad underscore Rehan. That's J-A-D underscore R-I-H-A-N. And what about you, Nas? And you can find me on Twitter at H-T Nasser, N-A-S-S-E-R. Uh, come and interact with us. We like to have some fun tweeting, and we always interact with our followers. So come and say hi to us. We'll be anxiously awaiting your comments. That does it for our prize pick section. Uh, but Nas, we did mention last week or last pod that uh, we had a B tier, a fun B tier uh, coming up the the weekend, and we, we did just play that. How did you do at this B tier? Um, and just talk about it. How do you feel about it? Of course, you want to bring it up. Oh God! Uh, this is you know one of the first times in a long time that Jed has beat me in a sanctioned tournament. Yee yee. We played in bang, the bang. Eugene Disc Golf Celebration here in Oregon. Uh, I played sub what I would like to play. I played around 900 golf. Both courses were brand new for me. We played Dexter twice, and we played Stewart Pond once. For whatever reason, I felt like I just could not get off the tee. My putting was okay. Uh, my forehand apparently just disappeared, and I could not throw it. I, I would cut yourself a break some. Nas did just come off of a month-long trip on the John Muir Trail and had virtually zero practice. And by the way— Also, I was post-COVID, played, too. I want well, to say well, that. Well, and then number three, you played both courses blind. Yeah, I played both courses blind. We were able to sneak in some holes uh, before the round started. But, you know, when a course is maybe your home course— you know what lines to throw. You know what disc you're throwing. When you haven't played a course before, you're kind of just going with your gut. You're going with what you think you can do, and that's not always the best way to play. Uh, do you have any shots or certain moments you want to talk about from that tournament that maybe you were proud of? I think neither of us finished where we wanted to finish. I but. had a handful of things that I was pretty proud of, but I think the thing I was most proud of was shooting my highest rated round to date. I shot a 960 which I know I've, I've been capable of shooting for a long-ass time. I, still I was going to say, I felt like that round for you was not even a good round. I was there with you. Nas was on, on my card. We were I, on bottom I, card together. I really feel like I have a 1,000 in my range, and uh, I had four what I would call bullshit bogeys that I felt like, I mean, we never feel like our bogey should happen, right? But they were all uh, random brain farts and here and there, and I didn't do anything spectacular the whole round, but somehow came away with a 960 uh, that I was happy about. Um, 
yeah, I averaged 930, 40 golf, which I think is probably what I type of golfer I am. I know I have a thousand range, but I'd say we're both about 935, 940 type golfers. Yeah, luckily this tournament did not go into the last ratings update. Uh, I'll be able to to bag an AM2 if I want now. Um, I think my proudest moment was on that really hard par four at Stewart Pond. He had to throw a really nice drive. Yeah, but I was here for this one. Squeak something in, you, had to, you know, forehand kind of approach shot, which I threw a little forehand flex that gave me like about a 40. This was probably foot, the toughest hole in the course. Yeah, 42 foot uh, birdie look, which I just rimmed off the front of the cage. And I even stepped up to it and I said, You guys, re- are you guys re- uh, ready to see the only birdie of the day on this hole in our division? And I just missed it. But uh, I was pretty happy with that one hole, even if I did mess up on a lot of the. And lastly, let's give that. a shout out to our local boy and buddy who we roomed with in our Airbnb. Two of our buddies. Uh, yeah, let's give a shout out to both of them. Uh, one being Jesse Spangler um, from Ashland, Oregon, who took away the M1 title. He averaged a thousand rated golf for the first time in his career, including I think it was about a 1040. It was a 1036. 1036 is what he shot. He shot a Dexter. hot round, which tied which tied the hot pro round of the day. At the same course with our buddy, who was also playing pro, 18-year-old Landon Mortensen. I'm 19, bro, is what he would tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, our buddy Jesse shot the tied for the hot round at Dexter with our other good friend. With the pros, M1, he tied him. So, uh, shout out to Jesse for outshooting Scott Withers and James Proctor. Sick stuff. At Dexter. And then shout out to Landon, the 19-year-old phenom, who's he's a kid that... Uh, we think once he gets his head on straight in his mental game, he's got the skill and ability, I think, to shoot 1040 golf all the time. Uh, we jokingly call him, um, you know, Calvin's ugly cousin. <laughs> uh, but he's got skills, man. So it was fun. We kind of rented we rented a little cabin in Cresswell, Oregon, the four of us. And we had a blast on the weekend playing, even though I was not happy with how we played. I was really happy to go out there with you guys. And uh, have, them have up. some fun with the boys out on the disc golf course. So it's always good to go out with your boys, play a tournament together, get a place, have some fun. It's what disc golf's all about. So that was our weekend. And I think that's all we got from us this week. All right, y'all. Make your smart entries. Play smart. Only play what you can afford to lose. And we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.